This is the Chop Up Show. I am Damo the Political Plug. I'm here with my dog, one of my best friends in the whole wide world, Toya G. Yeah. And we we have some conversation for y'all. What's good with it, Toya? What's going on, Plug? I'm cooling. Uh, it's another Thursday in the neighborhood. Y'all, it's May. Is that not scary to nobody else these days? <laughs> Just zipping and zooming and... You know, I'm you know, I'm always in Twitter spaces, I was on Instagram and they say the reason why these days feel like they going by so fast is that when you get older, you stop having as many unique experiences, you know, new things don't really happen to you as much. You're in routine, you know, to have to have to anticipate how the days play. And so allegedly that's why the reason why these days seem so short. But I don't know if that tells the whole story. Cause I don't I think something is weird. I don't know. It's something weird happening in the atmosphere. These days it's zooming by, but uh, happy spring to everybody. Hopefully y'all doing y'all thing. It's great to have y'all tonight. We're gonna have some great conversation, yo. Um, we, we got some things to get into in terms of our future as a nation. Hey, uh, and so also that thing with Tom, you know, the more you experience Tom, the, 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 the less, like an hour when you was a kid was like way longer than it is like yeah. being an adult. And that, it, that feels real. Like an hour fly by now when I mean, it's because everything is so new, right? When you're paying yeah. attention to more, your senses are heightened differently. And what, like, you know, you, you are just taking in more. So a short period of time feels like a whole lot longer now when you got to get up and hurry up and get out the door and make it and bop over here and slide over here and get this done. The rigmarole, you know what I'm saying? Like, this is a quick 24 and you back at it again. And shout out to everybody that's enjoying this. We got Ryan Waters in the building, Winter Dragon in the building. Um, Ridwan Page in the building from Jackson, Mississippi, checking in. It's a great night. Not, it's a, it said it's a great night, not a late night. I'm with that. Uh, but with that being said, we, let's go ahead and, and get into this conversation to you. What, what, what are we talking about today? Well, you know, we have a lot of decisions to make, and we've been bombarded with some of those decisions in terms of these presidential elections that's popping up. And y'all know we like to talk our politics and pay attention to these politics that's happening around here. And so, you know, oftentimes we end up talking presidential politics in here lately in terms of Trump, right? What's Trump doing? What is Trump opponents doing? What's Ron DeSantis doing? Whatever, whatever. And y'all know we are not politically affiliated. Y'all know we're not Republicans, but it should also be clear we're, we're not Democrats either. But Thanks. the thing about a lot of our political conversations is that we talk about where the action is, right? And so all of the action has been kind of moving and shaking with the Republican Party up to recently where some breaking news. Uh, has hit the scene. And for a lot of people, they heard the news they did not want to hear. And for yeah. others, um, they they heard the news that they're they going to have to, you know, kind of get used to and that they anticipated, which is that Joe Biden is running for president Ugh. again in 2024, right? And so, Ugh. I mean, we haven't heard a lot from the Democrats because we haven't heard of a lot of competition. There's been very little conversation about running mates or running opponents or why or what. We just know that the you know the the, the writing's on the wall and that that man running again. Couple of things that concern us about it, and we're gonna break up and get into that. Is that y'all gotta realize, Brody is is like ninety, right? How old is nobody? Eighty nine, eighty something, yeah, eighty something. Like no, we should be we should be precise about this. Let me double check and be clear about Joe Biden's age, yeah. so we can be because that's one of many concerns, right? It's not just his age, but uh, he's he's eighty on the dot. 
right? And so by the time he would be elected, he would be 82, because his birthday is November 20th. That's at the end of this year. I'm sorry, so he'll be 81. And then uh, by the time his presidency is over, he would be 85. He'd be old as hell. Okay, so... You know, plug, I mean, you pointed to yourself when I talked about the people who are just not happy at all about the decision for him running for president again in 2024. What is it about that that, that puts this look on your face? What, what's, what's wrong with that? It's a lot. It's a lot. Um, y'all, may have heard, y'all may have heard me use this analogy before, but it's the best way to describe what's taking place, right? We all, we all had a homeboy or, or homegirl, somebody, right? In a relationship that we knew they shouldn't have been in. They knew they shouldn't have been in that relationship. But sometimes toxic shit comes off as new and exciting. Right? Yeah. And so, we let, let's say our homeboy was in a situation where he was dating an Instagram model. Right? She was flashy. New. Mm-hmm. Exciting. All of that type of stuff. Right? But she was emotionally abusive. She was rude. Your family didn't like her and she didn't like your family, right? And, and, you, and you realized early on, I made a mistake. <laughs> but you corrected that mistake, right? You yeah. saw yourself in this toxic relationship and you was like, you know what? Maybe I should move on to something different. And then you end up rebounding and finding yourself in a relationship or, or your partner find himself in a relationship with somebody that's that's not your ex. Yeah. Somebody that's not your ex. That's key. They're not your ex. And you able to, and you able to get some type of normalcy, right? You able to feel like, okay, like all the Instagram stuff, all the celebrity stuff. I don't got to deal with that. I don't got to deal with the social media drama. I don't got to deal with that. She don't be on social media, whatever. But she still got some toxic traits, right? So you went from, your homeboy went from one toxic, super toxic relationship that he shouldn't have been in. To a less toxic, more normal toxic relationship. Still toxic, though. <laughs> you feel me? I see it. Then your boy come to you about about the rebound, about his rebound, honey, and tell you, hey, I'm thinking about putting a ring on it. That's when you got to tell your partner, no, sir. Bro, like, that's and not what that not is. Like, the only reason you like her run. is because she's not your ex. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> She not bringing nothing to, to the ta- nothing new to the table. Y'all fight about the same thing you fought about with your exes, right? Except you know without the social media, but it's a lot of the same. It's just not as much. Wow. She just know the right things to say, and you trying to marry her. Every any everybody's trying to get cuffed these days, and I think that's what's important to remember and understand. But I think that analogy is apt because. You know, it explains the position we've been put in as voters time and time again, which is the lesser of two evils, right? That phrase always, I think there hasn't been an election in a long time, right? I want to go back. Let me see. I think maybe George Bush, right? He had the goodwill of Republicans. You said no. Mm -mm. That was lesser of two evils. No, you don't think George Bush versus, who was he running against? Al Gore? I don't think that got deduced to a great lesser of two evils. I feel like those were two people who had two different visions of an America and a carrying out of their party's politics that they really wanted to pursue with some tinge of goodwill, right? We saw how it turned out with how he dealt with uh, 9-11, how he dealt with the war in Iraq, how he dealt with uh, stripping education and going to the the kind of um, standardization 
um, of a lot of the, the academic space. And you know what I'm saying? Having those core four, I don't think it's called core four, um, but stripping arts, right? And really trying to focus on competitiveness with China and stuff like this. We have issues, right? No child left behind. That was the No point. child left That's behind, the, right, 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 right. All this standardized right. testing yeah. bullshit. Yeah. I don't know if he was a lesser of two option evil, but I think every election, no, and I take that because we'll go to Barack Obama, and I think he represented, right? It wasn't a lesser of two evils. I think okay, it was. Yeah. I give you that. You know him and who was it? Uh, not Mitch McConnell. John McCain. Um, John McCain. John McCain, and then yeah. the second time it was Hillary. No, the second time it was uh, Tim uh, uh, Paul Ryan, and uh, Paul Ryan was the vice president. The presidential nominee was uh, Mitt Romney. Mitt Romney is who's 2012. Mitt Romney. Well, even those elections, it wasn't the lesser of two evil. But I say after that, every elections, every election cycle that is included Donald Trump, whether it was Donald Trump or Hillary Clinton, or whether it was Donald Trump, it, like it's always been a question of who, who can we stomach the most for the next four years, right? And so I think you know, just to go back to your analogy, now that we weave through all of that, I didn't mean to go to three presidents. <laughs> I'm trying to find the point. No, but my point. point is that you know that's the toxic relationship you're talking about you got more toxic or less toxic and really it depends on you know glass half empty have how you just looking at your glass how you feel about the glass that you holding from one moment to the next because that's really how you end up deducing what's the most toxic versus what's the least and i think people are tired of having that decision making frame of reference right nobody really wants to think through people want to be excited again and i don't think this this joe biden decision is giving that right and that's why i'm trying to explain to people you're never excited about a rebound relationship, right? You just need mm-hmm. something to get over what you was dealing with. And the worst part is you got to fake the enthusiasm. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you just want to get over You got to be like, here's another shot. Here's another chance of happiness. Here's another, you know, they different for real this time. You know what I'm saying? You try to, you have to fight and really try to look for it when it's, it's not there. And, and like you said, your friends, everybody can see it but you. Everybody it's, can it's, see it. But you, and so, with Joe Biden announcing that he's running for president again, Democrats are trying to marry the rebound. What are y'all doing? Y'all trying to marry the rebound. That's not what this is. This is what we, like, we were supposed, we, even Joe Biden used the phrase, I'm going to be a transition, right? We're supposed to be transitioning out of Trump era partisanship to a new level of, uh, to a new way to understand how we should go about it. And that's why we chose the moderate. Right. That's why the Mm -hmm. moderate in Joe Biden was picked, because the idea was that, okay, let's get it back to normal, but then use normal as a as a platform for us to then progress. Right. What? No, I mean, I just I I question the intent to ever progress. Right. That's the thing that really one of the things that takes my the winds out of my sails for me for being a Democrat is that I don't think there is a real path to progressivism anywhere in the party i don't think there's any attempt any uh uh uh, like desire to move outside and get them further away from voting bases that they've had to depend on to have any type of meaningful participation in this democratic process over the last half half a century so i don't i don't think that's on the agenda of the democratic party is to engage progressivism or to eventually roll one of those candidates in they the progressivism came in the form of two white people two old white people in the form of Liz Warren and Bernie Sanders. And they were like, hell no. Nope, we sniffed that shit out a mile away. We don't care how similar you are, how long you've been riding with us, how many, how long you've been a part of these conversations. 
we're not buying a lot of that moving and shaking y'all trying to do so keep it so what you thought they was gonna let somebody younger more charismatic more you know what i'm saying with the cap the, the ability to engage a, a, a younger demographic that mm-hmm. can undermine a lot of shit that the democratic establishment is dependent on to stay stable you think they want people moving and shaking with that of course not right so i don't think that there isn't that's their intent and and now right. in it now in the chat uh I want y'all to I want y'all to let us know what like what y'all kind of thoughts initial thoughts and reactions were when y'all first heard about uh of Joe Biden running again. But I think what's what's clear for me is that this is a perfect example of because I think I, I I'm I'm inclined to agree with you, Toya. I do think that this is another example of Democrats betraying the interest of progressives. So like mm-hmm. when 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 you say that you don't think that that normalcy was a platform for progressives. It was it was really just a, a platform to create and sustain what they want to be the normal. I'm inclined to agree with you because y'all are y'all are talking about reelecting somebody who's already considered the oldest person to ever be president. Yeah. Right. So it, it can't. So where is the the progressive thought process? And what's frustrating is you think back to 2016. When it's like, nah, we, we can't do Hillary. We need, we need, that's enough of business as usual. Hillary is enough of business as usual. And this ain't no, right. you know, people don't like Hillary and this ain't no defense to her. But to say that she is, like she would be business as usual and we don't want that. But then, and then get Joe Biden after Donald Trump because he's business as usual. And then now return to keeping business as usual when in 2016 we was just talking about not doing that. What do we like that? That's why it's like this. This is why like these political conversations for somebody like myself is like y'all don't remember the shit y'all say. This is true. <laughs> no, I mean we have these conversations, and I'm, I'm I want to ask this question to you and to Chop Nation. And I'm watching the chat. Shout out to Ridwan. Shout out to Winter Dragon. Shout out to uh, Danielle and Donnell. All of y'all are ch- chopping it up with us. I'm gonna keep up with some of these comments and, and tap in with them in a minute, but. I, I got to ask the question, which I think is the elephant in the room, because we claim ourselves and we pride ourselves in being an intersectional podcast, right? People who are invested in the uh, identities, in the identity politics, in the ways that our beings literally do affect and uh, influence the way politics play out. And we can't deny that, right? We have to be honest about that. And I'm forced, especially even in these conversations about Supreme Court limits <clears throat> and you know, presidents and legislators and every branch of our government, is it ageist, right? Are we being problematic, right? With these assertions that you're too old and that you don't have the, you know, intellectual fortitude, you don't have the, you know, mental aptness. Like, is it, because I kind of feel like it's problematic in the same ways that we are critical of the institutions um, and the establishments for undermining the AOCs and the Cori Bushes and the, a lot of other people, right? On the low end, which mm-hmm. is our example of ageism, I think the, the, it, is it, it could it be the case that we are guilty of ageism by discriminating against people in their old age. And is that a good thing? Is it like, no. yeah, but is it, or is it like, mm, or like, what's, what's the vibe? Is that not ageism? No, I mean, I are think it's, it's I, don't, I don't think it's ageist at all. Is it, I mean, if, Le, if LeBron ain't dropping 30 a night, you know what I'm saying? Is it ageist to say that he got to take the back seat? You know, it's and and when we're, when we're talking about like one, the reason why it's not ages is primarily because we're talking about progressivism, right? We're talking about like what does politics look like in 2023 and mm. actually showing the new face of America. Like 
the actual leadership reflecting what the population look like. Most of the population ain't 80 something. Most of the population, well, most of the population ain't got the standard of healthcare to keep them alive that long. You feel me? Most of the population (laughs) haven't like weren't a part of segregation. Most of the population can't talk about Jim Crow from personal experience. Somebody in the who was in the comments said if you was alive when Andy Griffith was on TV, you can't you can't be did that was real wine said anybody that grew up in the era of the Andy Griffith show should not be in politics. <laughs> right. Right. Uh-huh. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a lot that he missing. And and this is the thing. I'm not even the type of nigga that hold Joe Biden to the to the uh what what was that piece of legislation called? The crime bill and all that. It's like okay, yeah, yeah that was a part of it, but it's more so it's more so he has to he has to always relearn the world today always yeah. right he ha- he has to rely on people telling him what's important to today's population he don't know joe biden don't know it's the people that's mm-hmm. around him we need to like th- this country needs the type of leadership that reflects what this country needs and what that, the title is, of that person is what you said the title of what like the title of that person, like I know they probably got a real fancy title, but like I want to know the title of the person whose job is just to keep them young. Like, what's your job? I just I keep them young. Advisor. It's actually them. just advisor, right? Like it's just, okay. it's just yeah, like advisors. You know what I'm saying? Aides, yeah. right? It's it's those people. And yeah. when you need somebody explaining to you like what memes are, <laughs> right? Like if somebody got to break down, like okay, so a meme, it, da, 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 then then it may be time, right, for for you to take a step back. Because we, we, we need leadership to look like what the population look like, right? Yeah. And so it, if, if most of the population ain't 80, we got to keep it pushing. What's up? Who, who got you laughing? Donnell said a, a youth liaison. I love it, right? I love when we a youth give a little liaison. Word. Oh, <laughs> Donnell, yes. A youth liaison, yes. Get out right. of 10. Right. A I pop culture advisor TikTok. type shit. You know why I'm saying TikTok? His advisor is TikTok. <laughs> it's, it's, it's but no, right. you know, and I wanted to point out this. I want to juxtapose this Joe Biden conversation just briefly by bringing in an example of where age can really become a specific conflict to uh, a person in politics carrying at their job in the case of Diane Feinstein, right? So we know that she's a senator, that she's a legendary senator, literally one of the airports out here. I think uh, the Ontario airport is named after her, right? Ontario, so she's yeah. been around long enough to have, you know, just really reverberated through uh, politics over the last few decades and really has changed the game. But now she's in a place where she, at 90 years old, um, had a case of the shingles. And you know, the older you get, uh, you are more apt or likely to get shingles. And the worse it can really be on your body. Shingles being adult chicken pox, basically. And um, her, she's been out since like February. And as a result, right, she hasn't been able to participate in a lot of her roles and responsibilities, one of which being a member of the Judiciary Committee. Now, as a member of the Judiciary Committee, that role is... Is, is it, first of all, grinded to a halt, which is problematic for the Democratic Party. Why, you might ask? Well, the you know, considering that the House is dominated by who? Plug. The, the, the House is dominated, dominated by, by Republicans? Exactly, and the Senate is dominated by who? Democrats. So it's a conflict. They're not passing right. nothing. Deals not moving. Laws Still not made. being passed. It's a lot of stalemate and a lot of gridlock, mm-hmm. right? So the only thing that the judiciary can do, and one of the important things they can do for the party is to push uh, Supreme Court candidates through, right? To get candidates through the confirmation process to start doing that court packet that they were supposed to be doing that was on top tier of the agenda for the oh, Democratic they did Party. It. Oh, well, the Republicans did it. Republicans, the Republicans did it, but we were supposed to be evening up, 
You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. We were supposed to be pushing the envelope with that. Well, not we, but the Democrats were. And so we find ourselves in a position now where they ain't been confirming the Judiciary Committee been on pause. They ain't been mm-hmm. confirming no, no judges, which means they haven't been doing what they can to tip the scale in the favor of progressive politics and the Democratic agenda that they set out. And she will not quit. That's the biggest issue. She's like, I'm getting better every day. She's been very elusive about her status. She hasn't been talking a whole lot about what she, uh, her, her state and her condition. And, you know, they have elections to potentially replace her in like a year or so. But until then, she just, I don't want to say taking up space because I think everybody's perspective is important and legacy is important and you know all that shit. But like, but they not, the they not being, yeah, they not being fair though. Like, like, and I'm gonna be honest because I was, I'm, I'm, go ahead, say it. RGB. Mm-hmm. You, you already know where I was about to go. <laughs> That's why I was like, like I just, just take it. Yeah, our, our Ruth Bader Ginsburg is the reason why Donald Trump got two, no, three. Excuse me, Supreme Court justices. Three, unprecedented. The reason why we're dealing with overturning Roe v. Wade, we're dealing with all those types of issues, it has to do with because people like Ruth Bader Ginsburg is like, no, no, I got to stick it out. And then she, like, you know, she transitions from life. You feel me? Like, while she's in, while while Trump is president. And Trump gets to replace her. So she actually, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, rest her, you know, rest your soul. But you did more harm to Roe v. Wade by not allowing your replacement to be picked while you were here, as opposed to uh, like t- saying you're gonna tough it out, you're gonna hold on to that position, and then let Trump get somebody else to get enough people in there to overturn it. So it's like, mm-hmm. nah, this ain't got nothing to do with ageism. This this more ha- this this more has to do with the the way in which Democrats look at politics, and this is why I, the the new term that I want y'all to use to talk about these niggas is the do just enough Democrats. What I mean by that is that Democrats, the re, and this is why I say we, we, we've been betrayed because Democrats, uh, uh, what they've used is they've utilized the talking points of progressive, the, talk, the, the talking points of the shit that we care about to help fear monger conservatives mm-hmm. while doing just enough, only just enough to be able to say, at least I'm not a Republican. That's it. That's a do just enough Democrat, right? That's why we hear the constant conversation about Donald Trump, even though he has not been president for three years now. He lost in mm-hmm. 2020. And, and, I, and what was frustrating is I used to tell folks back then, yo, all Donald Trump do is talk about Obama. That means he's a terrible president. Now, Democrats, all they do is talk about Trump. That means that some, if we, we got some issues, Right. If, if all you can do is compare yourself to the other party and say, at least I'm not them. That means that you ain't got nothing to stand on yourself. It's like right. Dirty Mackin in the chat. <laughs> if y'all know what Dirty Mackin is, put a put put a one, put a, a thumbs up emoji, put something in the chat. <laughs> if you know what Dirty Mackin is so y'all can, y'all, y'all can understand what the, the, the point that I'm trying to express right here. Yeah. Dirty Mackin yeah. is when yeah. you, you know, you, you know, a girl that's in a relationship already. And Mercy. with her being in with her being in a relationship, you just be like, hey, I mean, listen, oh, that's that's your man. Oh man, you know he get hoes. You know he be out here like the yeah. the, the, the girls love him. You know somebody like mm-hmm. me. You know I stay at home. I don't do a lot. I don't really. I just chill. You know? I ain't, I ain't like me. like your man. Like you know that, that that player type. I ain't like that. I'm chilling. Yeah. That's what D- Democrats, dirty Mac Republicans. And this is the thing. Even if a, even if. You know, even if it is a sister who's in a messed up relationship and you know that 
as a just my integrity as a black man. Dirty yeah. Mac ain't was it is. You feel me? I, I need to be able to stand on. Listen, like I don't need to be. I don't need to bring up your man. You feel me? If I'm trying to, if I'm yeah. trying to lay down my game, I shouldn't have to bring up your man. So if Republic, if Democrats always got to be bring up Republicans in order to seem viable, we have a problem. What are we really doing? We have a major problem. And and uh, and that's why when we talk about the do just enough Democrats, you know who they remind me of, Toya. And this is now mm-hmm. a, a lot of us ain't fucking with Chris Rock right now, right? And that's and, and I get it, but it was one joke that he made that I that I did think was kind of I thought it was kind of funny. Yeah, and it it was the uh, when he was talking about when when black men brag <laughs> about the shit that they supposed to do, right? Like when black men be like, "I got a job, I take care of yeah. my kids," right? Yeah. Like somebody's supposed to be like, "Bravo!" Nah. <laughs> Chris Rock, Chris Rock was like, "Bro, my nigga, you take care of your kids. Congratulations, nigga. You do what you're a father. You're Absolutely. doing what fathers supposed to do. You're taking care of your kids, right?" And so when, when, when Democrats are like, oh, these Republicans are supporting racism and racism is bad. Right, <laughs> you, yeah. You want a round of applause because you can say some obvious shit that's extremely obvious. I mean, do some performative shit or, you know what I'm saying, like the, do the least, try to get the most. I'll never forget when they kneel down with them, uh, with them uh, stoves on, them African stoves on. I'll just never forget it, right? Oh, <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, what did you want for that? What, what what validation did you need to know you were headed in the right direction with that one? Like, you, at the very least, could be honoring our traditions and making sure that what we do is rolled into the fab- literal fabric of the American culture. Like, yes. Mm-hmm. Celebrate. But, like, what are you really doing, right? It's stu- I have students that are just like, Professor Green, you know, I just really feel like you know, if you, I, I really need some extra credit. You know, I come to class, you know, I try to participate. I'm always, you know, I'm, I'm I just so, and it's like, I feel you, but also that what you do is being a student. And I want to thank you. I want to thank you as a teacher of students. I want to thank you for being a student. Thank you for being a friend. But that does not mean that then in return, I have to create a path or a way for you to get out of shit that you as a student have created for yourself. It's just like, I, I you know what I'm saying? Like, you, I, we don't re- want to reward you. I mean, and everybody, anybody, any parent on the chat, and every, any parent listening to the show is just like, yes. Every time you bring an A up in here, don't mean you get a new pair of sneakers or $100 or a trip somewhere. Right. We're gonna t- I, I grant you taking the time out to acknowledge, right? right? We see it, you say it, You what my mama say, you see it, you say it, right? You say that, you see that thing, you acknowledge that thing. But to sit, and think we're going to hurrah and apply to continue to boost and push and stimulate your agendas and make sure you get the spotlight and make disinterested at this stage in the game of, for glory, to glorifying anything that is the bare minimum, that is the circling of the dream that we've been doing for eons and eons and decades and, and over in time and time again. We done yeah. applauding the bare minimum. And and that that literally has to be what we stand on. And you know what's crazy? Mm-hmm. Just being like coming from the hood, like you know we we both come from, you know what I'm saying? Like Kansas City, Kansas City, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, and so, you know, back, like when you look when you look back home and like you live in Orange County, you feel me? I live in I live in uh, North Hollywood, so it's like we live in different communities than what we were that were where we were raised in, right? Mm-hmm. 
And so you look at like you people could look at us now and be like, "Are oh, you doing great? Like you out there in California?" Because they still in Kansas City. Oh, let me. Are you gonna do a segment? They like you better. Oh, you baller, big, and it's just like, yeah, no, nah, it ain't that. Like it's like niggas just my out here living. Why not? My gas is four dollars and fifty nine cents. How much is your gas right now? Like it's not. Yeah, please. Like you feel me? And so it was like when you mm-hmm. come from a lower standard. Like the the what should be the bare minimum is considered an accomplishment, right? Like I remember when my mama cried because I graduated high school and I was offended. Yeah, I was like, that. I mean, I wasn't, I wasn't that. I was, I wasn't a good student, but at the same time, I was like, you ain't think I could graduate high school? Like this is like the bare, like this is the bare minimum. You don't think I could do this? The odds were stacked against you, plus. The odds were stacked against me. You are right, but but still, you were not always helping. You was not always helping the process. You're right. You're right. Applauding the bare minimum. We done with that. The black community does enough of that. And if we're going to stop doing that anywhere, we're going to stop doing it with white, with old white politicians. That's where we're going to stop doing it. Like it, it, there's no reason to continue just being like, Oh, you know, we care about abortion. You should, you should. Right. Um, and so, what we're going to do next is Nina Turner, a former politician out of Ohio, who's yeah. stepped into, and I've loved the fact that she's done it. She has stepped into uh, uh, what we understand as uh, kind of like independent media. She stepped into independent media. And so she had a few things to say about uh, who she views as the biggest problem when we're dealing with people who are applauding the bare minimum. Moderate is the biggest threat to true black liberation because they are the gatekeepers in this society, in this in these political spaces and in these high places. And so the black community must have some more family barbecues and we got to decide what we're going to do as a as a community and, and stop continuing to be complicit in our own demise. We as a nation, especially our black leaders, leaders like uh, Minister Malcolm X and Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. are on record as the defining the problem with white liberals and that white liberals are a big threat to black liberation. But there is a group of people in our society that get off, that are let off the hook and that's the black moderate. And Mm. I happen to believe that the black moderate is the biggest threat to true black liberation because they are the gatekeepers in this society, in this, in these political spaces and in these high places. And so the black community must have some more family barbecues and we got to decide what we're going to do as a, as a community and and stop continuing to be complicit in our own demise. We be complicit in our own demise. Let me stop that. Yeah. Be complicit in our own demise. That's why she speak a lot of the truth that we don't hear enough. And so Toya, I want to ask you, do you feel like uh, moderate moderate Democrats, especially moderate Black folk, like actually before I ask you that, how would you describe moderate Black folk? What is the what is what is the moderate Black Black person for you? Because like so you know me, I, I preach you know voting right. We need we need to vote, and even if we're voting for lesser of two mm-hmm. evils, like when we in that situation, we still need to vote for the lesser of two evils. Now, you would you view that as the moderate stance? Do you, you view that as the moderate stance? Lesser of two evils is lesser of yeah. two evils a moderate approach. Yeah. Yes, I think so. What? What? Why explain. you disagree so hard? No, explain. Because I don't. I wouldn't. I yeah, think, explain. I think. 
I mean, I think the willingness to accept a lesser of two evils option is an attempt to accept moderation, right? I think it, it, it like it is a willingness to accept moderation. I think it's an attempt to accept it. It's a willingness to accept moderation. To say, okay, well, it probably won't get no better than this. Well, you know, kind of this is how it goes. Or, you know, well, some stuff just kind of is what it is. And it's just kind of how they run. So I'm going to go ahead. I think that orientation toward the process is a willingness to accept a lesser of two evils which allows for you to feel good about knowing who you are, about being a critical thinker, about living a life in a particular way that has forced you to make some hard decisions, but ultimately understand that it might not yield anything besides a feel-good moment at the ballot box or when everybody gets to celebrate that somebody won, right? It doesn't necessarily trickle down to your real-life experience, but you're okay and kind of accepting that. And I think that's what's hard. A lot of people are disenchanted with the voting process because they don't see a lot of what their candidate is offering at their front door, right? They It's a lot of empty calories, a lot of empty promises, a lot of anticipation and hope. And a lot of that is because you go with the moderate choice that really doesn't have their heels dug in deep with the desire and intent to bring that change that they were talking about to your front door. So it's a catch-22 because, you know, you have this belief and perspective, but it is very much safe and protected. And so I think some examples of moderate Democrats are like, or blacks, moderate black, moderate black Democrats are like, I think a lot of Gen Xers and a lot of boomers represent that, like black Gen Xers and black boomers. I think individuals who have been a part of a part enough of uh, dynamic and you know really big and phenomenological change in our society to see what's yeah. possible and to see that people are pushing the needle and to see that there are generations who are now part of their voting blocks who are pushing, but they still are. Like, I'm just trying to make my money and go home. I just want to live in peace and not really rock the boat too much. I'm not really overly invested in, you know what I'm saying? I think a lot of that culture is just like, man, I'm a, I'm a grind hard, go make my money and get out the way type of person. I'm not trying to bother nobody. I'm just trying to, you know, as a black semi-successful person who might have flirted with the middle class for a minute before the economy got bad or who's found a way to, I just want to get have my little job, my blue collar job. I want to go, you know what I'm saying? I feel like a lot of them still are, you know, participating in blue collar jobs or service industry work. And so they got, they get enough money to pay their bills and stay out the way. And you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? All the rest of that rah-rah shit is just like, it's important and I feel it and I'm with it and yeah. And I'm, you know what I'm saying? I listen to the music and I'm on the apps, right? I'm in there, I'm hip enough to, to know what's up, but I'm gonna let y'all do that. You know what I'm saying? Like to me, that's what represents the moderate black uh, voter in my yeah, I, so I wouldn't. I, I don't think that the because I think the lesser of two evils part is more pra pragmatic when you're forced into a binary um, two party system that we in, right? It's like you don't have like because ultimately you you kind of stuck with two choices that don't really do enough to reflect larger like swaths of the population, but like each part of the population is forced into only two choices. So I think having right. the, the type of binary political structure that we have creates the dynamic to where, especially for black people, like that's pragmatic for us. Right. So I so I wouldn't I wouldn't I don't necessarily consider it as moderate for the moderate position. What I think what I think is more of a reflection of the moderate position is the is the the, the quickness as to which like the Congressional Black Caucus and other like black organizations hmm. are to support 
milk toast generic democratic talking points for the sake of going against republicans i think that has been some of the most disappointing outcomes of a lot of different ways of candidates and social issues is just like yeah like organizations like the NAACP like you know what I'm saying like just I mean which are only some of the only notable organizations that I I won't say only notable I'm trying to rephrase this without being ignorant of the fact that they're like undermining certain stuff yeah I get it exactly I don't want to undermine or disregard or erase any hardworking black leader organizations, but it seems like a lot of them just end up folding into the standard agenda of whatever hot Democratic candidate is out there and not really pushing the envelope or any radical politics or forwarding people of their own or bringing in people on the fringes of activisms and, and, and politics to be mm-hmm. centered. It's just like, yeah, them. You know what I'm saying? Like, what are we even talking about? What are we doing? Who do y'all think? Who, what's, who's, on, who's on y'all's radar? Y'all are supposed to be amplifying things that we wouldn't know about on a regular basis. And instead, they just go with the group of whoever is the candidate at the time, who is the moderate, safe person to get behind. It's which I do, which which I feel like create a problem, right? Because I feel like the the hip thing amongst Black folk today is to be like, yeah, I don't rock with Democrats like that, which is cool, right? Because I think a lot of people who voted for Democrats don't necessarily rock with Democrats like that. But at the same mm-hmm. time, there's a there's a there's a pragmatism conversation, and and all we doing is ramping y'all up because y'all go hear the same damn talking points that you hear every four years so mm-hmm. what we trying to do is we trying to prom y'all for a more in-depth a more intellectual conversation than just the same old should we vote shouldn't we vote republicans are bad do you want to get republicans elected because because i mean i feel like we we've had an opportunity to switch shit up but we've dropped the ball because now we right back in an election season and we haven't heard about enough progressives that, that like outside of kamala harris which was somebody that people wasn't really even thinking about like the rocking with anyway right we we we, we kind of dropped I mean, the ball people, on, on on who we feel like could represent progressivism going into 2023 what, what, what was the point you was about to make in a very problematic sense a lot of people have said a vote for joe biden is a vote for kamala harris to be president and i think we all know why they've said that thing take a moment think critically about it and you'll see how messed up it is if they say that <laughs> but right it that is like the weird thing a lot of people are like she shouldn't run against him she should just be patient and i think that is absolutely <laughs> that's okay. terrible that's, that's not but okay. yeah. i also agree that she is the only name that bubbles to the surface at all in terms of who else is you know capable prepared uh seasoned enough to be able to say yeah i'm about that and i'm 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 gonna do enough and get enough exposure to be relevant by 2023 like i feel like a clock is ticking and for us to not have heard of anybody i think the only other person out of donald trump um ron DeSantis, and joe biden that we've heard of the running for president is old dude who got into it with don lemon uh about uh you don't even remember his name in color his <laughs> last night i would have been Indian Republican candidate who Indian Republican NRA black Indian racism to create non-existent distinctions between the ways that you know people of color live their lives in this country and so right. I, again can't remember his name but I don't know of anybody else who was even thinking about trying to run for president and I don't know I'm, I'm, I mean I've only been through a few election cycles my first election cycle was the first uh, Obama presidency and so I'm still getting familiar with the timelines of how things roll out and what it looks like but I just feel like we should be hearing from somebody you heard him by now yeah am I tripping yeah, like it's after midterms 2024 is tomorrow <laughs> yeah you know we're talking about the beginning of the show how crazy it is it's May 
Yeah, well, we knew about Obama like two years before 2008. That's what I thought too. And like, here we are. Actually, actually no- what was it? 2000, the 2004, Obama did the, uh, Obama gave a speech at the 2004 DNC, Democratic National Convention. And mm-hmm. from then on out, he was like, he's next. He's that guy. He's, he's that guy. So, yeah. so if there was anybody else that would be like taking that spot, that new progressive uh, like leader, hotshot, whatever, it would be yeah. like we would already be saying that we, we would have already been saying their name over a year ago, right? We would have been said we we would have known who they are immediately Biden was a Trump. You know what I'm saying? You got to start building with these young voters a nice, consistent constituency. You got to let us suss you out on social media. It's a whole lot of stuff in this era of campaigning. If you were really worried about getting a younger demographic, or worried about a new voting block or a voter base, and how you were going to get them amped up for your potential run at the Democratic institution. We, we, you wouldn't need to start planting those seeds about now. So I hope whoever got a rollout plan is getting it going because, bro, we got to get time to cozy up. I feel like, yeah, well, it's just it's peculiar. So it's so my question, um, so my question in that lane is, do we blame the Democrats or do we blame moderate voters for the stunted growth of uh, what we're seeing, right? Or, or actually, uh, a better a better question though, would be have the progressives dropped the ball or or moderates undermining their influence right so and before you answer that i want i want to kind of help help the audience get an idea of an understanding of where um democrats are where where voters stand currently with the people that we the people that we're dealing with now right so first when it comes to when it comes to joe biden um and donald trump because those are the two biggest names that, you know, Ron DeSantis and everybody else is in there. But the idea is that uh, the two biggest with name recognition right now is Joe Biden and Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. Um, two thirds of Americans say, uh, according to an NPR PBS NewsHour poll, two thirds of Americans say that they don't want Trump to be president again. Right. Two thirds of Americans. You can't 66, win an election. 2.3 percent. <laughs> right. Right. I'm just saying, if you uh, look at it like a pizza, that's a lot of pizza. It's a lot of pizza, right? You still gonna be hungry if you don't eat if you ain't eating that slice. Um, seventy one percent of Republicans say that they want Trump to be uh be president again, but only sixty three, and I'm saying only sixty three, like that's not a lot of Republicans say that they will want Trump to be president even if he's convicted of a crime. So if Donald Trump gets, and this is where this is where I'm like, yo, the white racist brain is so ass backwards. These people only only seven percent of people drop off to say that Donald they want Trump as president if he's convicted of a crime, knowing good and goddamn well that these are the same people who think that felons should not be allowed to vote. Help me understand that nature, right? Y'all think that felons shouldn't have a right to vote, but you should be able to run for president or run for office even after you've been convicted of a crime. That's wild to me. Um. Only 29% of independents think that Donald Trump should be president again. Only 29 of independents, which means that those swing voters who, who usually occupy that independent space, yeah, they, 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 they've been moving away from Donald Trump. Um, but then, this is the problem. The numbers don't get better for Joe Biden. Joe Biden has a disapproval rate of 50%. Only 41% of Americans say that they approve of the job that he has done. You let Democrats tell it, oh, we good. America loves Joe Biden. We're going to talk about, we're going to go over his, um, his record here shortly. But 
Let, let Democrats tell it. Yeah, Joe Biden is a lock. Right? Of course, of course, Joe. Like, yeah, we're putting Biden out there again because he only has 50%, like less than 50% of the people that approved of the job that he's done. Mm-hmm. So if I was to ask you, Toya, if you was to just, just take a guess, why would Democrats feel comfortable with running Biden again as their candidate, knowing that he only had, that he has terrible numbers to launch a re-election bid? Why would they be comfortable with running with Joe Biden? Uh, my opinion on why they are comfortable with running with Joe Biden is that he still represents enough of the Democratic establishment that they feel like it is safer to cling on to him and keep those that agenda and that orientation toward politics and what they feel like is a winnable strategy against what the Republicans are doing right now. They would rather keep that candidate and go all in on him than to elevate an AOC-like, more charismatic, more, um, what, what they call them, the squad, mm-hmm. uh, more young like person who is too radical of a boat rocker and will be too stark of a contrast to what the Republicans have to offer. The Republican strategy is to be very traditionalist, to be very conservative, to be very consistent populist. with that. Populist, right, regardless of who the messaging is coming from and what the platform is and what branch of the government is speaking to that, right? They don't need no spontaneous action from some hot shot young Democrat trying to come in there and be the next Barack Obama, but a bad and terrible version of it because they're not able to stick to the scripts that Barack Obama was able to stick to and willing to stick to, to make sure that the establishment was satisfied with the way that he was navigating his veneer of progressivism, right? So long story short, I feel like the reason why they're comfortable with putting Joe Biden up there is that they ain't got no other ideas and no better ideas. And this short turnaround of time when he didn't have to deal with this economy and deal with uh, all these shortages and deal with like he they ain't mm-hmm. had time to get a better idea. That's just the best they got is somebody mm-hmm. who at least we can still blame some of the issues now on presidencies before. And at least we still fighting in the game and the country ain't went underneath just yet. So I think it's just. Comfortability. Long story short. That's why they feel good about it. So have you ever um, have you ever made an argument? Like go, you ever went back and forth with somebody? Mm-hmm. And you made an argument. I don't do a lot of the back and forth. I want to be clear about that, but go ahead. <laughs> and you made an argument. And in that back and forth, they somehow took the argument that you made and flipped it back and tried to use it against you. May not have been successfully, but they tried to, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, this is where I feel like I'm in a position. You remember last election, I was all about lesser of two evils. Ryan got an interesting take on the potential lineup too that I want to get to in the comments. But yeah, yeah. we're gonna, we gonna get we're gonna get to Ryan in just a second. Yeah. Um, but during this last like during in, in the 2020 election, I was big on the lesser of two evils because Donald Trump was a detriment. And if don't don't challenge me on it, because I will cook anybody on how Donald Trump represented a material detriment to the lives of black people. I can lay it mm-hmm. out for you. Play with me if you want to. Um, I'm willing to accept any of the challenges. Uh, mm-hmm. How? But what what we have to recognize now, though, and what and, and what I'm finding frustrating is now Democrats are using my talking point in order for them to it, like literally in order for them to stick with the basicness and the basic shit that they've already been going with. And so uh uh 
when when uh, you and I, the, the NPR podcast, the political podcast that we was listening to, well, one thing that they pointed out is that what Democrats are leaning on are two things. And they both have to do with being the lesser of two evils. Right. Mm-hmm. The first thing that the first thing that they are leaning on is that he, uh, Joe Biden's record. Right. It, it, what we know it comes down to is with the two people with the biggest name recognition. We have a two party system. You can't mm-hmm. do nothing but. Right. Go this way, that way. You can't do. It's like it's like it's like brothers that <laughs> it's like brothers that go to private schools. You know what I mean? Sometimes you can't get mad at them for dating white girls. They don't really have a chance. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mean, that's that's all. Like the brother, the brothers in the suburbs gonna gonna you know fool around with a snow bunny because it's like that. Like that's what you around. That's what you got. So the way Joe Biden is looking at it is like. Shit, who else y'all gonna like? Who else y'all gonna fuck with? Exactly. Right? Like, like yeah. you said, nobody has came up with any type of name recognition. You know what I mean? Again, toxic relationship. You gonna leave me? Who wants you? You gonna go back? You gonna go back to that nigga? Right. right? Joe Biden yeah. is literally He's looking wicked. at y'all like. You, you okay? You you may have an issue with me. No, I get it. You got problems with me. What you gonna go back to your ex? Who else gonna take you? You gonna go, that your ex, right? That's how that's how Democrats is looking at like looking at uh, uh liberal vote, like Democratic voters. What was you about to say? I just but I think this is a good time to look at Ryan. Like Candy said, Candy Kane Lane said they have hot sauce in their bag. Swag, foolish. <laughs> um, Ryan Waters says if not Biden, Harris better than Buttigieg, who is better than Williamson. Who is better than Kennedy Jr. and ultimately that bench is weak, right? <laughs> um, hey, think, who you got you, coming off the bench? Who's your sixth man? Come on, I don't think one exists. And so I don't know, <laughs> like, like the Suns right now. People to judge, man. Like I like him. I don't dislike him. He a young gay white man. Um, so some boxes check, some boxes not. Um. Marianne Williamson, I think she the most, I, I just don't think she can win. I think she got the best, she got some interesting ideas. I think I like how she's come out to, I will, when I say I haven't seen anybody, I will take that back because I've seen her making murmurings and apparently TikTok is a place where she's getting a whole lot of steam and growing a whole lot of steam. But she has some interesting takes and perspectives the last cycle, uh, yeah. election cycle. And I don't really know how she's reconciled some of these things. And in this Kennedy Jr. situation, I, I need to look more into it. I don't know enough. Um, but I think I've heard problematic things. So, yeah, like anti-vaccine, like really exactly, like stuff that I, I'm not, I don't, I don't get with. So, the slate, the roster, the roster is wicked. And so, Ryan says they all hit the notes, but they lack substance. Let's be honest. Out of all of them, who really helping the community? Who's really out here, kind of pushing the envelope, or who is able to and capable of doing that level of the job? We also have to remember. That with the way the balance of uh, uh, the, the 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 branches of government work, mm-hmm, there's mm-hmm. still other responsibilities we got to get people in the right place to even elevate any of these progressive politics these presidents want, right? Exactly. Unless we get a what is it, a House that I'm sorry a Senate that represents the desires of a progressive electorate. <laughs> uh, that's yeah, yeah, that's what tough. Yeah, that's tough. So, I mean, I, this is where the priorities end up being out of order. We we so busy trying to focus on the presidency, we ain't did the small work. I mean, and this is not to say at the midterms where you know a glimmer and glimpse of hope for Democrats, but 
I, I just, we gotta, it's, it's more boxes we need to check. And I keep using that a because lot more. we're going down the list. It seems like Republicans are real good at going down the list of the shit they gotta do to make sure that what they want ends up being the outcome. We're not really going down Ain't a long list. And then plus, hey, if y'all in here, everybody, we appreciate y'all joining us. Make sure y'all hit that like button. Uh, we, you know, we trying to get in the algorithm. We trying to get more people to see it. We trying to make sure that that, that the channel grow, uh, and get this message out. So y'all make sure y'all hit this like button, share. If you're not subscribed, make sure you subscribe to the Top Up Show. All of that. Uh, but with with uh the the point that you made though, Toya, that's why I have to go with um when when, I, when we go back to the question. Of have progressives dropped the ball or are moderates undermining their influence? Um, mm-hmm. because like when, when they're able to look at us and say, Well, you ain't gonna it's either me or your ex, you feel me? And then and then also turn around and, and flat out say, you know, they look at the fact that Donald Trump hasn't gotten hasn't done anything productive or beneficial for himself from an electoral standpoint since January uh since January sixth. Like it's been all downhill since January sixth for Trump. So they looking at it like Oh, we good. Like we straight. If that that's what y'all gonna put up, go ahead, put him up. We'll we'll mop him. It is what it is. But that's mm-hmm. where I feel like um, moderates are undermining the influence of what progressives could actually uh, represent and what they could actually reflect. And the and the way that I look at the relationship between moderates and 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 um, and progressives, uh, liberals and leftists, is the is the distinction that we see between conscious rap versus drill music in hip hop culture. Right, mm-hmm. like we're always like, man, like like rap music. Rap music always, all they want to do is talk about gangs and shooting up, bang bang, and selling drugs and bitches this, bitches that. Then like, wait, that's all the rap music. That's all rap music is. But it's not though. <laughs> there's, there's, there's there's much more. There's a plethora of non gangster rap music out there. The question is, what gets pushed, right? So if we if we if we're comparing. Like the landscape of rap music today to the landscape of uh, democratic politics today, it's not that there aren't progressives that are out there. It's not that there aren't progressives that are available. Just like it ain't, it's not, there's a lot of conscious rappers, right? There's a lot of rappers that's talking about social issues and things that we yeah. care about. It's a lot of rappers respecting women. There are a lot of rappers that are respecting their neighborhood and, and, and respecting the minds and the hearts and the, and the image of black people. But then there's rappers that's out there that's just reflecting the environment that they came from. But yeah. when we talk about, uh, you know, who who we see the most, that don't that don't have to do with the rappers themselves. That has to do with the industries in control of what gets seen, what gets heard, what are the industries pushing. So if we're asking ourselves, why aren't we seeing enough progressive? Why don't we know the name of the new progressive hotshots? That's not because they the progressives are dropping the ball. They not being pushed. They 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 don't get the MSNBC push, the CNN push. That, that others get. Go ahead. I just want to point out too where your analogy breaks down, but in the worst, most poetic way, because at least in the hip hop game, you can be independent, right? You can be a Lupe. You can be a, you know what I'm saying? And go and find your own path and get out there and make your money and make your splash and make your mark and be considered a legend if you go independent. We've seen it happen. It's less common uh, and less successful, but that success is proven. And politics ain't no independent. <laughs> ain't, no, ain't no independent bitch. Like you need to get this one for that one. So if you can't your way and forward your way through one of these two policies, I mean two parties, I bid you would do. You know what I'm saying? And so that's the the second part is that you know, unlike the hip hop game, you know what I'm saying? Like if you're not getting pushed, you just don't get to play. You just you know what I'm saying? You go and hope for prominence in local politics, and a lot of times people don't feel 
you know, satisfied with that. So then they go back into the private sector and go do other shit. So it's just, it ends up being like, whatever. And, so, and then before, before we move on, as we start to kind of get to the, to the back end of the conversation, um, like I think like, for example, the Justins, right? The Justins out of Tennessee, the Justins out of Tennessee are a good story, right? Mm-hmm. They're good for demeaning and tearing down the, uh, the, the Republicans in Tennessee. Great story. But that doesn't, th- those Justins and what they represent and what they stand for aren't a reflection of what democratic politics are pushing. You can't yeah. tell me y'all making a big deal about the Justins in Tennessee, but then turn around and say, but let's reelect uh, uh, Joe Biden, this 80 year old white man from the segregation era. Like it just it doesn't it's it doesn't not, it doesn't read really. the same, right? Yeah, it's 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 not on the same page. And then it, and, and the way that I look at it is the reason why you blame these moderate Democrats is because it's like when you look at the party, I look at it the same way you look at a child running around acting a damn fool in the stove. Mm. The the child, like when they run past you, like who where is it? You you're not looking <laughs> at that kid like, what is wrong with this kid? Why is this kid running around? No. When a little kid <laughs> run in front of you at Target, the first question you say, where, where is your mama? mama? <laughs> right? Where your daddy? Where's your yeah, where, like, where is your daddy? Where are your parents, child? Right? Where are your parents? <laughs> so when yeah. we're asking ourselves, why do we see the Democrat put, like, why are we why are we looking at a Joe Biden presidency? My first question is Democrats. <laughs> what do you, what do you, what do you, where, where you at? Y'all, y'all, hey, y'all, come, come get him. Which are, like this this ain't how he's supposed to be acting, is it? And, and and unfortunately this whole Joe Biden situation to me is one of them parents is just like, oh, he's just a free spirit. He he has to he has to run somebody who's not looking at the detriment of what's happening, but this this self serving image, right? And Democrats have a self serving image of beating up on Republicans thinking that, that that's what's 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 productive, but that that's not what it is. Yeah, right? not quite. Um, and th- so before we get out of here, though, I, I definitely want to make sure that we are uh, holding up our journalistic integrity. Um, and because we are independent journalists, if y'all don't know, this is independent media. This is a podcast. <laughs> so you are we you are talking to two independent journalists. And so what uh, I want to make sure we do is we talk about what Joe Biden has done in these four years going on four years that he's been in office. We want to pay. We want to give some actual credibility and some credit to his record so um let's get this pulled up here so everybody can get a good can get a good look at it here hold on real quick and i mean and so candy Kane lane asked the question so who's strong enough to replace sleepy joe i really want to know and i think that's why dropping his resume in this particular instance is important because whoever decides to run against him is going to have to hold up whatever plans and agenda they have next to and juxtapose it with a lot of these accomplishments and things that he's been able to accomplish over this time over this time so this is just so that as we think about other possible candidates we can know what his track record has been up to this point so plug what what are some of the highlights that you came across um so a few things that a few things that kind of stood out so along with according this is new york times along with the one trillion dollar infrastructure package which passed with republican votes Biden can boast of sweeping legislative victories that would have seemed improbable when he took office. Um, among other measures, he pushed through a, a Congress with narrow Democratic majorities where a $1.9 trillion COVID relief package, major investments to combat climate change, right, which is, eh, you know, like, they, that's, that's another talking point they like to run with, but 
You know, what have y'all really been doing? Because when we ask people who live on ancestral indigenous land, they may have some things to say to Joe Biden. Um, lower okay. prescription drug costs for seniors. Uh, and not even just for seniors, though. Joe Biden was able to lower the prescription drug costs for things like insulin. He put a cap mm -hmm. on on insulin for uh, people with Medicaid uh, and Medicare, uh, so which is which is a huge benefit. Um, increased corporate taxes, so corporations pay more taxes. Expanded treatment for veterans exposed to toxic burn pits and incentives to turbocharge the semiconductor industry. Which was a lot of that shit. Like you can't. I mean, even looking at this, this is a mod. These are moderate accomplishments, mm. right? You can't look at anything we just described to be like, oh, progressivism. Like, okay, yeah, he's combating climate change, but that's just a, that's another democratic talking point, right? Exactly. Um, actually, right. Like actually, I think. Good. It's the safe. It's, I'm just saying it's the safest one, right? Of the big kind of social landmarks that need to be flipped. I think that's the one that most speaks to the new generation's perception of things that should be prioritized for our country. Ain't no police changes or changes in terms of how policing happens. Ain't no meaningful changes in terms of closing the wealth gap for either black people or women or queer trans folk. Ain't no anti, you know what I'm saying? Like there's just a lot of things missing that represent any meaningful you know, changes. A lot of people were calling him to, you know, at least throw some executive orders out there toward uh, the abortion issue and still, you know, nothing. So, nothing. Uh, uh, right. And now, let's get into, so, that was what he did. <laughs> right? So, it's like, if we, we looking at what he, the, the record he's running on, mm -hmm. moderate. Right? But that's why they're talking about finish the job, right? Because, the t I mean, because the idea is that presidents get more done in a second term because they first term, they're trying to make sure that they get reelected and then the second term, they just do what they want to do. But in terms yeah. of the promises where he failed, again, we are journalists. Journalistic integrity, both sides, switch side debate. Something we learn. Um, he, he has been unable, however, to fulfill other major promises, including an assault weapons ban, which... Mm -hmm. But we've been looking at what's going on in this country, right? Every day. That's, that's a much bigger deal than semiconductor bullshit. Uh, an immigration overhaul providing a path to citizenship for migrants in this in the country illegally. And this is where I say fuck MSNBC. Because as much of a big deal that y'all made about kids in cages during the Trump administration, Joe Biden be. didn't change that. It's the kids still in them cages. It's kids still in cages. Why are he's we not still talking about kids in cages? What'd you say to He's sending a ton of soldiers to the southern border right now to handle the crisis at the southern border as they anticipate higher amounts of people matriculating over into uh, the country later. So, I mean, we know what you mean when you send sending agents down to the border. You're sending soldiers down to the border. You remember last time we caught them on horses with whips and shit? Like, we kind of know what to expect when you go down there to get them to handle the issue yeah, of people. Yeah, that on the top up. You know what I'm saying? Like most of the time looking for, uh, 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 what's the word that I'm looking for when you are refuge? They're refugees. You know what I'm saying? And look how they're about to be treated down there. So it's ugly. Uh, What else What else did he mess up on? So he said he was going to get a uh, fight for two years of free community college. That ain't happened. Free universal preschool for all three and four-year-olds. That ain't happened. National mm -hmm. paid sick leave. That ain't happen. Greater voting rights protections. This shit should have been above. What was this? What was this? Yes, it. 
and incentives to turbocharge the semiconductor industry. How you get that accomplished before protecting voter rights and, and policing changes to counter excessive force? Now, what he did do is he did implement a uh, a, a um, executive an executive order that spoke that, that made it to where it changed federal policing. So there are certain tactics that federal policing can't use. Uh, federal police can't use that that have been considered de- that have been deemed excessive force. But no. in terms of local policing, who are the police, the people that are actually shooting people, right? The, the people that are actually fucking people up are the local police. And what that executive order said was that uh, that, that if you don't abide by these these federal guidelines, you will miss out. This it's a possibility that you lose out on funding for your police department. Problem with that is they don't give a fuck about uh, 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 federal funding because they don't yeah. like the feds no way. Right. So that's why, you know, when when you look on here, they don't put the uh, the, the federal police, the, the police, um, the federal police executive order, because they know that you can't count that as an accomplishment because the federal police ain't the people, ain't the police shooting people. Federal law enforcement aren't the niggas is, mm-hmm. hey, I was scared. So I shot him in his back. Yeah. That's not you know what I mean? Um, what else? What else? What else? What else? Um some of those were never realistic in the first place, but Mr. Biden hey, really was something Donnell pointed out. But I mean, I think we got to acknowledge that the courts, the Supreme Court specifically, has been working tooth and, tooth and nail, various courts, and eventually the Supreme Court is having to negotiate what's up with these student loans and trying to block them from being forgiven. So interesting times. I've actually seen more often than I think I've ever seen people popping up randomly on different timelines I have talking about the fact that their loans have been forgiven. So mm-hmm. I think there have been some programs that have been created or if not created, opened up and made easier to navigate uh, during Biden's presidency to get some of these loans uh, forgiven. But I'm, I know the larger gesture of getting that 10K taken off, which I mean, it's a lot of speculation on if he really said 10K in the first place or if that number changed. But it's a lot of I think a lot of that has to do with the, the, the blockings of uh, those actions by the court. So and, and this, I mean, we can't say that. No, no, that's a great point. But this is also where uh, a few things that we want to point out before we get up out of here about uh, Joe Biden's economic record, um, because the one thing that we want to point out is the inflation that we've been dealing with under uh, under Biden. Right. Um, and he had the Inflation Reduction Act, which really did nothing to reduce inflation. Nothing. You know I mean? No direct correlation. Ironically. Yeah. No direct correlation. But um, while there's been record number of jobs created, record number, uh, a record low um, unemployment inflation went crazy here and this is where this is where mainstream media be on some whole shit here it says uh although uh, uh which some critics blamed on excessive federal spending under mr biden stop we know inflation is take like the, the 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 cost of living has went up for everybody because corporations mm-hmm. are taking the slight inflation as an opportunity to raise hella prices so they can get record profits right absolutely so as much so, you know, we ain't here to we ain't here to protect to defend Joe Biden because we know he ain't did shit to to, to curb infa- inflation. It's, it's, there's little that he can do. We can give him credit for record low uh, record low um, unemployment. We can give him credit for that. We can give him for credit for the few people that that did get their their student loans forgiven. But at the same time, we're not gonna we're not gonna jump out the window and try to blame him for inflation and and uh, prices for things going up when we know that's corporations fault. Y'all ain't, New York Times, y'all ain't about to trick us with this bullshit. Absolutely. <laughs> right? Don't like we we know why we paying more for eggs and it ain't got it ain't got shit to do with Joe Biden. 
Yeah. So. Uh, but that's that's where that's where we are now, man. Like that, you know, we we've we fought so hard and we fought so long to get just enough. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And I and I honestly feel like you know Joe Joe Biden really our, our Democrats have really put us in a fucked up position. Uh, especially somebody like myself who's who's always talking about hey, we we got to be pragmatic. And for them to steal my talking points and them to run with this whole lesser of two evils because conservatives is bad makes me, it, it really gives me apprehension to make that argument going into 2024 when I really don't have much else, you know what I'm saying, to advocate for the people for other than like, hey, local elections, 70% of school boards are white, right? 80% of district attorneys are white, or, or excuse me, more than 80%, not over 90% of district attorneys are white. That like, that's, that's enough of a reason to vote right there. That when, yeah. Once it gets to the presidential shit, then it's only I, I can only do lesser of two evils, and, and it's not that much of a um, it, it ain't it ain't much more we could do. Uh, final thoughts to you? Uh, go to the chat is my final thoughts. Uh, Miss Ma'am said, "What happens if he gets reelected with Harris as VP? Then he heads on home. What does that look like?" Um, the succession um, and the American politics says that Kamala Harris will be the president of the United States, um, and I think that's what we were getting at earlier when we were talking about the fact that a lot of people are saying Kamala Harris should not run against him. She should just be patient. And it makes me sad every time I say that. But that is the belief of a lot of people who are just like, he is so old. He has, and people, you know, there are different takes. There I say some of them ableist about his cognitive function, about his responsiveness, about the stutter that he has. It's a lot of problematic things that people have said. People are like, these are all signs that he's not going to be around long. So she would be the president. Valiant Thor says, what about gas? It doesn't have anything to do with Joe Biden. And not directly, no, right? We definitely have um, the tendencies to take our oil reserves and mark them up and also make deals and relationships with other countries who um, who produce oil and make various decisions about the use of that. But we still have to look at the very real and ongoing war that is happening with Russia and Ukraine that has uh, perpetually thwarted efforts to lower gas prices and still has a huge implication on gas supplies. We also, too, have to look at a lot of changes that are happening in terms of regional gas supplies and oil supplies that we have here in this country and the various ways that different regions uh, get to price and influence the prices of those things. So California gas and Texas gas and Louisiana gas, all of them go through different local municipalities that determine and influence how much those gas prices cost, too. So it's not just the president. He has a role in some of those things, but there are definitely other things influencing the cost of all per barrel and how much you end up paying at the pump, right? So a yep. lot of complicated things going on, different gas yep. taxes, all types of things influence that. So this is not to say Joe is innocent. It's just also not to say that he's complicit in high gas prices as well. Right. Bottom line is them for what they're looking for. Yes. Right. When he's guilty, blame him for that. But corporations and privatization also get a huge uh, finger wagon for how much of a role they play in our day to day life and how we get the shit that we need. Can't forget that. Those are my only final thoughts. Always an amazing time chopping it up with the folks and being with Chop Nation. If y'all can hit that love, if you haven't already done it, if you can hit that thumbs up, if you haven't already done it, do that. Share this video um, with other people who you feel like benefit from these types of conversations. And just keep it in the rotation. And the best thing you can do, if you don't even do none of that, is just come back and kick it with us next Thursday. We'll be here next Thursday night. Same time, same place, 7.30 Pacific, 9.30 Central, uh, 10.30 over on the East Coast. And if you don't catch it live, just listen to it on Spotify, listen to it on Apple Pods, listen to it on Amazon. Um, 
Google the Chop Up Show. Find us, link up, square up. I don't mean square up because I mean fight. We don't want you to fight. We want you to link up. Uh, <laughs> hey, square up if you want to, though. If you got some smoke, yeah, the Chop Up don't run from smoke at all. We can handle that as well. But it's love to y'all, man. A blessing to y'all for popping in. Candy Cane Lane, Donnell, Ryan, Valiant Thor, Miss Ma'am, all of y'all. It's big love to everybody who pulled up on this and made sure to hit that, that the comment, right? We, we have good conversations with each other. We have great conversations with y'all. So salute we love you yeah with that being said man we're gonna see y'all next time um y'all gonna see me on that next morning smoke uh i got i, I got some things that i got i got beef with but we needed to bring the smoke with joe biden on this panel so uh we will see y'all next time this is the chop up y'all be easy